Hello, my beautiful people. It is Molly, and this is episode eight. Episode eight is a continuation of episode seven, which is the conversation with Shade Hobson in regards to her new book, which is Welcome Individuality, A Journey to Self-Love. And I hope you all tuned into episode seven, and that's why you're here for episode eight. Please listen to seven first so you can kind of know what we're talking about, what we're discussing, what we're laughing and chit-chatting about you know how us women do so um go ahead listen to seven if you've listened to seven you are ready for eight and here we go thank you so much okay so we're going to get to the throat chakra and that's i speak and i really love this chapter because this is something i've been really big on for like the last two years and that is self-care I do my self-care Saturdays, sometimes self-care Sundays, depending on when I can find the time. I did it today, matter of fact, so it was a self-care Monday. So explain to people what is your self-care routine. So my self-care, okay, so I have to give a little bit of background. So when I moved out and I was living in the apartment, um, like I run a business, I work. And so Saturdays, you know, you run your errands and stuff like that. So Sunday, mm-hmm. um, it had gotten to the point where I felt like I didn't have any time to myself. When I was off work, I would be helping friends or running business errands and stuff like that. So I was like, you know what? You need to really kind of like what you were saying, like, who am I outside of this relationship? You need to really find out who Sade is. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to have self-care Sundays. And really, they started out as, for real, me getting high, eating edibles, fixing, <laughs> fixing breakfast, and, like, watching movies on Sundays. But they truly evolved into something a little bit more, not a little bit, actually, they evolved into something beautiful. Um, on Sundays, I started still eating my edibles in the morning, but um, <laughs> cooking breakfast for the people who lived in St. Louis who made me feel like Sade. And these are like core people from like college or core people that were in my life that were specifically just my friend. They didn't share any mutual mm-hmm. friendship with my ex. They were just for me. And it would kind of, it kind of turned into church and communion and, and we would talk about life and lifestyles and, and relationships and, and God and spirituality and how we're evolving and how like 2019 was really knocking our head between the washer and dry edges with, <laughs> <laughs> with stepping into adulthood um and in those moments like they would only come for a couple hours and the rest of the day I would spend still watching movies or writing or or just listening to music and spending time with myself taking spiritual baths really just becoming more in tune with myself but they always left me reflective as as a person like damn like what do I want my life to look like moving forward what do I want what kind of person do I want to be because the wild free spirit Shade, like she's still there but she's also um different you know like you've had this big life change you're more mature you're in a whole new decade of life like what does this look like as a single woman single person and I think that those interactions really kind of helped me find me like they kind of pointed me back to me and really let me be free because they were such judgment free zones so real and like so Mm -hmm. raw full of truth like we shared really deep insights about ourselves 
and it was just really a space of encouragement for me. And that's good because you definitely like I always say you have to have that good support system and having that good support system is having people well, excuse me, or having people that are around that you can share like your your ups and downs with the people that you can feel comfortable around the people that want or not going to judge you the ones that are that, that can relate to what you're saying so i know those moments like just feel good because it just it sounds like you had a community you had a community that cared for you a community that was there and a community that could relate to you so that that's a great feeling and I'm happy that you had that because I can only imagine going through so many things at once with so many emotions that you needed that safe space to be able to feel yourself again to um, become a better person so I'm grateful that you had that like I'm excited that you had that now how important is it to you to take the time for yourself very important and (laughs) very important (laughs) this goes back to being an empath too so Mm -hmm. you know with being around so many people every day you just absorb other people's issues problems even sometimes physical ailments if I'm close enough to them um I'll I'll Mm -hmm. feel like their knees hurt or or even just, it could be just weird stuff, headaches, anything, I'll start to take that on. So, like, the self-care days are really for me to just be like, okay, what are your thoughts? How are you feeling? To get in touch with my own self, to get in touch with my own heart, because you know how they say that you pick, I mean, birds of a feather flock together, and you really don't realize the energy that you you pick up around other people. Because um, I'm not a jealous person. I'm not bitter. I'm none of that. But I, but when I start to feel those things, I know that the, those aren't my emotions and it's time for me to take some time to myself. Um, and I think that having self-care is really important because how are you going to tell anybody who you are if you don't know who you are? True. True true because <laughs> i think that's a part of the self-care is it's finding that alone time um for yourself and then finding out who am i what i like what i don't like what calms me what soothes me what upsets me what triggers me and that's a part of that alone time and that's a part of that self-care and a lot of people think it's just um you know, like the, oh, I'm going to do a facial today or I'm going to do like a mini petty. And it's like, yeah, that's a part of it. But it's also a spiritual mm-hmm. part of it. It's also a deeper part of that self-care. And it's real deal. You finding your center, finding your core, releasing the energy, the pain, the headaches or whatever you've had for that week. And just it, letting it go and then calming your yeah. body for your next and week go ahead you how to establish boundaries because that's such an important part of self-care yeah i'm look at me i'm still learning that boundaries <laughs> I, i'm really learning it because when i meet people or even just friends now i'm so used to i'll tell my friends everything like when i say everything 
everything. And then I've learned that some of my friends don't tell me everything, that they're very guarded with things. So that makes me, <laughs> you know, feel a little guarded. Now I don't want to tell you nothing because mm-hmm. you don't tell me nothing. It's like a, you know, that pettiness, a tip for tap type of thing. And I have to stop being like that because it's just like if, if, I'm going to be a person who speaks freely. I should be a person who speaks freely. I can't make or force people to be like me. So whatever I say to that person, it needs to be genuine because I felt it and not hold anything over that person's head because that person doesn't speak as freely as me. That's how I feel. That's that's how I feel about loving people. Mm. That's how I feel about loving people. Like, if it if it comes specifically from my heart, I cannot control their reaction to how I love them. If it truly came, if it truly came True. from my heart, because that's a control issue. Yeah, it is, and I've been known to um, <laughs> <laughs> have that have that issue. And when I say so many people tell me either I'm bossy or I'm controlling, and it's just like <laughs> shut up, <laughs> whatever. Ah, whatever, but I know it, and that's that's part of my self care is finding an inner peace with myself and realizing I cannot control every situation. I can't. Sometimes I just have to. You hear me say sometimes I just have to let (laughs) you know, let it play out the way that it's supposed to play out, and however that is. But I've been known to be a little (laughs) controlling, so I can admit that. And you know what? The funny thing is with my self care. And like I said, I probably started this the last two to three years. I'm just really focusing on me and who I am. And I I definitely have grown to be able to acknowledge my thoughts, acknowledge my flaws, acknowledge my negative traits. <laughs> so I always, I, I admit like, you know, when people bring up stuff, I'm like, yeah, I do do that. The old me would be like, girl, fuck you. <laughs> like, ain't trying to hear that type of thing so I think with self-care I'm a big advocate for it I'm a big big believer in taking and finding the time for yourself to make yourself happy because if I can't make myself happy and if I can't make myself whole I can't do that for other people and I just did a little video on IG the other day and I was basically saying that we we pour so much love and compassion and, um, you know, success into other people and uplifting other people, your friends and your family, or just really, you know, your, your IG friends that you've never even met. You pour so much love into other people, but it's like, do we really take that time to pour the love back That's into hard. ourselves? Because I can't, girl, I can't keep filling your cup up and then my cup over here is completely dry. So my self-care is me filling that cup up for myself. I know other people do it for me and I'm grateful that they do it for me. But I have to do it for myself as well. Because that's one of the things about depression is... So many people can sit here and tell you, oh, you're wonderful. You're amazing. You're doing great, sweetie. <laughs> but if you don't feel that on the inside for yourself, mm-hmm. you still depressed as hell. You can sit here and tell me I'm the most gorgeous girl in the world or I'm the most creative or I have A to Z going on for me. But if I don't feel that within myself, I am still depressed. 
So I think one of those things is you have to find that time to fill it for yourself, to pour it into your own cup, and then mm-hmm. feel just feel loved for yourself. Feel that love, enjoy that love, I, you know, embrace I, that love. You know, I think that Ooh, girl, girl, girl. people in doing that part is, you know, when you do start the self-care, I feel like there's a bit of ache because you used to people being around you. You used to always having somebody to talk to. So in isolating mm-hmm. yourself, you forced to deal with you. And I think and I I think a Ooh. lot of people don't have the capacity or even the know-how to do that. And I think that's where some people get thrown off from it. And that's where the facials and all the the uh the primping of self-care comes in. Yeah, because honestly, (laughs) when I first started the self-care, like I said, it was after my relationship. And like the first couple of times of me just journaling, I was like, bitch, I don't like you. (laughs) Like, I don't. You are mean. You evil. You are cruel. And me writing those things in my journal and like the things that I felt and I would never um never forget it was after the breakup I remember writing down I wish he would have died then this relationship in and I told my best friend and she was like bitch don't you ever tell nobody else that (laughs) and I was like what she was like don't don't say that and I was like no I just meant that I would have rather mourned him losing his life than mourn me ending that relationship and she was like no I get what you're saying she was like but do you see how uh, how selfish you sound how heartless you sound and it was just like one of those eye-opening moments where I was just like damn I am a cruel evil bitch and I had to realize that for myself and then me sitting in those moments in those spaces by myself I was like Oh, you are evil. Like, I want to say, first of all, thank you for sharing that because that takes a lot of, number one, integrity and a lot of, like, releasing yourself from that shame of sharing that. Like, somebody needs to hear that because somebody didn't say it way worse than that. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? And somebody needs to see that they're not alone in the way that they be feeling, but it's, and, and that it's also up to them to correct that. Like, because your truth is inside of you, but you know, it's it's up to you. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm happy that I have gotten to such a positive place and I don't hold like any negative um feelings or any hurt or resentment or whatever towards anybody from my past that I've just learned to acknowledge what I play, like my role in every situation and and of course I'm I'm by far not an angel so mm-hmm. that was a part of my self-care and my healing process and I just really hope that you know other people take that time for themselves to actually go through it and realize like I might be a mean person or I might be a little petty or I might be you know whatever the case may be but we do need to take that time to do a a self-reflection really of who am I what am I doing am I putting out the energy into this world that I want to receive back because sometimes we see in a girl we sit and we be like why is this happening why I keep having all this bad luck or why this keep happening to me yada yada and it's just like 
Well, shit. What you putting into the universe is what you kind of getting out of it. So maybe you you're not the person that you thought that you were that you were. Um, that's just my um outlook on it. Um. Oh, and it kind of goes into you talked about. Also, you not liking people or liking to gossip. That's not your thing. And so has it never been your thing? You just never really been caught up in gossip? It's never been my thing, for real. Like, you know, even in high school, for real, like, I just wasn't one of those like that. Like, I don't really like gossip. I don't like to talk about people um, because like and it and this probably has a lot to do with me growing up in my trauma, right? Um mm-hmm. is because I feel like at any given moment in life, everything can be taken from us in a blink of an eye. Position we would be in, um, things change swiftly. And so if I'm ever in a position of where I need help or where I need someone to be kind to me. I would hope that people would not gossip about me and they would actually hold space for me. And I under, but I understand that because I've already lived that life of needing other people or depending on other people. And I find mm-hmm. no shame in it because I needed it at that point. And I know that I'm a, you know, and not saying that, you know, I, when I take it, it's for reciprocity because I would hope that they're doing it from, from their heart. But also, I know that's the type of energy that I give out into the world, too. When I help people, I don't need to bless about it. I just do it because that's what I want to do. And that's how I show love. I can understand that. I think (laughs) we, like, as a society, get so caught up in gossip, especially with social media. And it's because you have all these gossip sites, all these blogs, so many people put their business out. And it's just like you more so kind of think like, oh, OK, well, tell me more. Or I want to know more. And then we get to this place where we kind of feel entitled to other people's business because they share it so much or they posted, you know, so many pictures of them being in a relationship. And then all of a sudden you don't see the relationship pictures. And it's just like. Damn, well, what happened? Tell me. But we but I, think it's not our business. <laughs> it's not. And, and I don't necessarily think that's gossip. I just think that's human curiosity, right? What When I talk about gossip, I mean um, stuff like, you know, just pe- slandering people or like mm-hmm. the stuff that goes on on like Atlanta Housewives. I'm going to be honest and say like, I know people love that show and love shows like that, but a part of my self-care too is watching what I ingest into my spirit. And I used to love watching it, but I realized like the more I would watch it, the more I would attract those type of interactions around me. Mm-hmm. So I really I really had to like put like release that and put that to bed. So I, I think that social media does plays a part in it, but it also plays a part in people like developing envy. And I feel like that's the root of gossip too is like an envy in some way oh yeah yeah i definitely agree to that hell i used to be that like five um years ago or so i used to always see people on these vacations and doing things and i used to be envious like how the hell you going here which how you get to do that but then i had to realize like 
Y'all need to do it too. Yeah, I can do it too. I need to tend to my own business. I need to tend to me and maybe I can do those type of things. So I think social media puts it on the forefront of like all this glamour that people have going on in their lives and then other people are seeing it and that's where the envy or the gossip comes around. As far as what you said like about the housewives, I'm not gonna lie, I still watch the housewives and like Mary of Medicine, those are my guilty pleasures, but I can say like that love and hip hop mess and all of like those type of VH1 shows, I just can't do them. I'm just like I, how you feel about housewives and you know all of that is how I feel about like love and hip hop. But for some reason, I cannot let the housewives and Mary to Medicine go. <laughs> Those are still my guilty pleasures. They're still so good to me. But I get what you're saying. We do have to watch what we ingest um, for our spirit. We do have to watch, you know, that type of stuff. So I get it. So I'm going to go into. Um, the third eye chakra with IC. And this is where you talk about being intuitive. And you talk about you having a lot of vivid dreams. How do you feel like your dreams correlate to your reality? You kind of discussed it earlier, but just a little brief um, kind of like review of it. But how do you feel like your dreams correlate to your reality? So what I discussed earlier, that's kind of like on a whole nother level. Usually, um, with intuitive dreams, so I pretty much predicted every baby in my family since I've been an adult. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, the dreams that I would have, I'll give you an example. So, I have a, a younger cousin, and um, I was in Hawaii, mm-hmm. and I had this dream that I was on Instagram and I was scrolling down Instagram and it was a picture of her and she had like this middle part and this cute little pink A-line dress and she had a baby bump. And I was like, oh my God, she's pregnant in the dream, right? Mm-hmm. So then the next day when I woke up, I was like, hey, cousin, um, I had this dream that you're pregnant and it's going to be a girl. Um, Okay, love you, not pushing it on you, but that's what I saw. <laughs> and and then she didn't she didn't answer. So I knew she was pregnant. But she didn't answer. Like two weeks later, she FaceTimed me. She's like, how did you know? And now she has a little girl, and she's the most adorable little baby ever. Aww. The, same, the same thing, like, um, with my best friend on her first child. I was at my grandmother's house in the dream. So a lot of the dreams mm-hmm. take place at my grandma's house. And I think that's because that's my safe space. That's a safe oh, okay. space So um, I'm walking down the steps of my grandmother's house and I fall. And when I stand back up, I have a plate of fish and it's three whole fish on the plate. And so I walk down the driveway into like this tent area and it's filled with like pink butterflies and I see my friend in the corner and she got this big old baby bump and so I wake up the next morning and I text her I'm like hey um I had a dream that you're pregnant and you're having a girl and she was like I wish people stopped saying I'm pregnant I ain't pregnant blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and so I was just like okay I'm sorry I'm just telling you what I saw so then again two weeks later 
she called me while I was at work and she was like, you was right. I'm pregnant, but I think it's going to be a boy. And she now has about a seven-year-old, six-year-old girl. Um, but those are like the dreams about birth. But I also have dreams about death, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the dreams, they are, all, they are always my grandmother. I had a dream dad the night that he died. And when he, like in the dream, when I found out that the person in the dream died, which is my grandma, my dad was dying at the same time which was like two o'clock in the morning and I woke up and my body was like I had like heat waves all over my body and I couldn't go back to sleep so so do your dreams kind of scare you a little bit because they are so vivid they used to when I was younger because I've always had mm. um, okay so like I, I the earliest dream I remember having I was probably like 10 so they used to because I used to have dreams about the world ending, but they don't mm-hmm. anymore because I understand that sometimes it doesn't, it's not necessarily that particular thing, but maybe like it's something that you need to change the warning about something. So, okay. I kind of just, I get it. Mm-hmm. To help you. Yeah, I get it. I have a lot of, weird dreams but I can't understand what you're saying like some of them do turn into reality and it's just like you kind of predicting things but some of my dreams just be like okay girl (laughs) and it's like I have to really write it down for me to remember or I will remember throughout the day and it'll come to me oh I did dream that like yeah so I'm a I'm a Pisces so I dream all day like daydream dream while I'm asleep like I could be driving and then I'll get to my destination like damn how did I get here and it's scary to me because my my mind is so invested into whatever I'm thinking or daydreaming about is so weird but yeah so I understand these dreams and being no. intuitive in that nature as far as the uh as far as I'm sorry are you no 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 you're fine I did not know that yeah. look at it I'm a Pisces moon so everything that you just said about like driving to a destination and being like how the hell did I get here that's me because I'll be all in my head. Yeah, and it's like you focused on something totally different, but it's just like you driving perfectly fine. Like you stopping at the lights, stop signs, you driving the speed limit, but your your mind is literally focused on something else. But you're you doing what you're supposed to do on the road, so <laughs> I don't want y'all to think I'm out here just driving reckless, because I'm not. But your mind is just so invested into whatever you're thinking about or dreaming about so i definitely um understand that for the crown chakra i understand you kind of talk about your um your family and like the growing up with being you know in in this heavy religious household okay so what you already talked about the relationship with your parents now how do you feel like that relationship affected your growth into who you are now um I feel like the relationship with my parents really taught me a level of independence that some people don't get well into their 30s 
and it mm. wasn't and it wasn't even like a fact of like neglect it was just like they strict and because I wanted to do what I wanted to do it was like okay you strict but I'm about to make my own way so nobody can tell me what to do you know what I mean like I kind of mm-hmm. talked about a little bit about how my dad used money as a source of control and it wasn't mm-hmm. that he didn't love me it was because he didn't have that kind of um he didn't have that kind of provision when he was growing up so he felt like that was the best thing for him to do for us was to give right. us money and I and I think for me and this even translates into the marriage like because I grew up mm-hmm. in that I grew up with my mom not being able to provide all of those things for me and my dad really trying to like control those resources it was kind of like I don't give a fuck about money I care about <laughs> for real I care about what can you teach me where can I grow like how how are you preparing me to go to the next level and I think with my parents like it's they were all both they were both very slow moving and for me I'm kind of the opposite of that because it got on my nerves so bad like I'm gonna do what I want to do and then I'm gonna think about fixing the shit together later yeah I can definitely understand that as far as the financial aspect of it like my dad was a great 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 provider he was also a great father we have a a beautiful connection but he wasn't necessarily an emotional um Mm -hmm. person he he didn't really deal with emotions (laughs) like my dad never knew how to do kid things I always tell people I can't even recall us going to the movies or, you know, anything you would do with a kid. The time we did go to the movies, it was like adult movies that you had to cover your eyes, you know, for (laughs) type Mm -hmm. of thing. But he was a great father. He just, he lacked in the emotion um, aspect of like being a parent. So I definitely get it. And that's what I was saying earlier when I say we attract or we're attracted to men who resemble our fathers and we don't know it mm-hmm. until <laughs> it's too late. And so you're already in this relationship. You're like, damn, you're like my damn daddy. So it's a it's a gift and a curse because it's kind of like, well, I know that I'm picking a good man per se, but he just, he not necessarily everything I want. <laughs> mm-hmm. He not exactly what I need right now. So I definitely get that. Do you feel like with your marriage, because you say that, you know, your ex-husband and your dad were both financial um, uh, providers for you, but you needed more. Did you realize that like towards the end when you were kind of over the the relationship or did you notice that prior to getting married um it definitely was not after but definitely within the marriage I feel like it kind of triggered a layer of things and the fact that like I'm so open and like I tell because I want my partner to be my best friend so I like kind of tell mm-hmm. everything and it's kind of like with what you were saying, like I need you to be open with me. I need you to, I need you to think more because I'm really I I can be idealistic and I want my partner to kind of just talk about the sun, the moon, the stars. It ain't necessarily got to make <laughs> a lot of sense, but I want you to be able to just take a journey with me with your mind. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and like because I'm I'm a Sagitt- I'm a Sagittarius and I'm very philosophical. 
So I want to talk about some deep shit, especially if we get high and stuff together. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're on a journey. Let's talk. Let's get deep. You know, it's one of them things where you just laid out and it's like, have you ever just thought about yada, yada, yada? And then the other person like, nah, but you know what you write about this. <laughs> like type exactly. of thing. It's those type of random ass <laughs> conversations that are so like meaningful though. It's like it's random as hell, but they're meaningful because you go deep because you're one with your body, you're one with your mind in that moment. So it's just so relaxing. And I know exactly what you mean. I look, I've had that type of person before. So <laughs> it is such it, it what they say, it's a vibe. It's, it's definitely it's a vibe. A vibe. <laughs> it's definitely a vibe. So with you growing up in the church, um, you talk about that in the book. Now, how did that mold you spiritually? So the funny, the funny part about that is like even though I grew up in the church, neither one of my parents were church going people. <laughs> I was made to go to church by my grandmother and my uncles and aunts when I would spend the night with my cousins, like literally forced us. We went to vacation mm-hmm. Bible school every day. There was no excuse of getting out of church. But neither my mom nor my dad went to church because my mom is the wild child or was the wild child. Um, so I think that like growing up in the church because I had those type of parents and then going to church and seeing those type of people and then having my aunts and uncles, it was just kind of like being an observer of two different kinds of worlds for me. So because in my mind, like, of course, my mom and dad to me, and I talk about this, represent my first, and my grandmother, represent my first, like, depiction of what divinity and spirituality and what God is, right? Because they ultimately control your universe when you're little. They control everything around you. And mm-hmm. and to me, even though they weren't perfect because nobody is, they were doing what was best for me. And so gotcha. to go to church and to see the people and then to experience people who resemble what my mom and dad looked like on the outside come in and to be shunned or talked about within the church that really kind of made me have some kind of disdain towards the church and like you're supposed to be saving souls but the very people that you need to be saving you talk about them or you turn them away or you isolate them within the church and I really don't have a heart for that and I don't think that's what the church is supposed to be but first and foremost I believe that we are the church too so which is why I don't feel like I need to physically step foot into a building to have a relationship with God. Oh, honey, if I don't feel you, I feel you. <laughs> like, I definitely feel everything you're saying. Like, um, my past episode, I talk about um, not going to church, but still being in tune with God and mm-hmm. still being able to have that relationship and communicate with him and repent for my sins and also be thankful for my blessings that he bestowed upon my life all the time so a lot of people and I always say a lot of people I need to stop saying it because people gonna take it as I'm just saying <laughs> but I do feel like some people um 
are stuck in those uh, Southern Baptist ways or Southern Christian ways that they have that they're very um, more so like you should go to church. You have to go to church. You have to go to the temple and things like that. And I always just say, well, I'm doing the same thing that you're doing there, but I'm doing this for myself at my own pace because I don't like going to church sometimes where I'm lost and I've been to church plenty of times where I'm lost like in the passage and I'm lost and I'm not understanding and I still have to go home and clarify it for myself Mm -hmm. so I I definitely agree um, to what you're saying I do feel like church and religion is something that's going to be um, catered (laughs) to uh a specific person the way that they want it to be catered to them Mm -hmm. it's not going to look the same for everybody and I always try to tell people to make it what you want it for you don't make it what your pastor or your preacher is trying to make it you have to go home and you have Mm -hmm. to just you know decipher that for yourself type of thing Mm -hmm. also go for you know for clarity if that's what you need you know or if you have a good good Judy a good friend who you you know can discuss the Bible with I I recommend that but I know a lot of people that are really still into church and going and I'm not against it like I I would definitely go Mm -hmm. I just haven't had that um that urge to go now I do watch it online from time to time I'll say that that's just because I feel uh, comfortable because I like we I'm really a homebody because I just like being in my own house. <laughs> I was gonna say this because I like being at home. I like being at but home. But that's just me. And I understand that is me. Um I definitely understand that. I think that um you brought up religion and spirituality. And I think that mm-hmm. like a lot of people get caught up in that and think that they are the two or they think that one is evil and, and you turning against God or something when you say that you're spiritual. But that's totally not it. And I did listen to the last episode, which was bomb, by the way. Um, oh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, and I think that religion, in my eyes, this is my definition. Religion is such a social construct. And it's, it makes it seem like there is like a book of rules of things that you can't do or you're going to be damned into doing them. And spirituality is having your own relationship your own connection because this is my thing god know they know who they made they know who they put together god knows mm-hmm. who they constructed in the cosmos he and she knew that i was gonna cuss partake of mm-hmm. earth plants mm-hmm. <laughs> be you know have sex all this stuff it says if you believe you were stitched together before you ever hit this realm, they knew everything I was gonna do. So I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna constrict myself and I'm not going to try to live up to some unrealistic expectations of mostly what humans been put together and they out here doing the same thing just in the dark. No, I'm gonna live my life out loud because somebody needs to see it. And I know that I'm still going to be blessed because I haven't been left behind yet. Yeah, look, I agree with all of that because I know and I said this the last um, episode, I don't have any 
desire to live my life by the Bible. I'm living my life to be a righteous human being on this earth. So by that, I mean to do right by myself and to do right by others. There are things in the Bible that I don't necessarily agree with. And I don't like the fact that people use it being the Bible um, as their tool. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said last episode, yeah, for hate, as far as like homosexuality, I this goes into me being pro ho. Me being pro ho is me being pro sexuality mm-hmm. in this in all aspects. I'm never just going to be like, oh, women should be comfortable, yada yada, but not include gay women or not include gay men. I feel like everyone should be comfortable in your sexuality with the things that you like. Now, things that I don't agree with, of course, is pedophilia. You know that type of thing. No, I'm not advocating that. <laughs> advocating that by no means. But as far as like the Bible being used um, to shame or hate those who are homosexual, I don't like that. I've been to um, a church, particularly here in Alabama, that I've been there a couple of times and they talked about homosexuality the couple of times that I went in. It just steered me the wrong way. And I know not all churches, of course, are like that, but I just... I didn't like it because looking around, um, of course, this was during college that there were other gay people like in there. So I'm just like, y'all come here and y'all hear this. And how does this make you feel on the inside? Now you're feeling like what you're doing and how you're living. Being true to yourself is a sin and God doesn't like it and all of that. But it's just like he made me. So he knew what he made. He knew what I was going to be. He knew you know, what he was creating, but yet I'm getting shunned for it or whatever the case may be. Like, I, I didn't like that aspect of it for people. So that's just my thing. And it's like I said, I just don't have any desire, but that doesn't mean that I don't believe in God, that I don't believe in Jesus Christ. I do. I still, I talk to God every doggone day of my life throughout the day. And um, I like to tell people he is... um I'm his favorite. He's special. (laughs) I'm special for him. I'm his favorite type of thing because he does bless me. He does keep me protected at all times and he does provide for me. But, you know, it's just he look, he know I I can't rock with that Bible sometimes. (laughs) But that's just my relationship with God. And uh, like I said, I did discuss that in the last episode. And even if they they are paying attention to the Bible, in the Bible, in Corinthians, I can't remember the exact scripture. It does say the greatest of all of them is to love. So above anything else, Mm -hmm. if if you are truly living by the Bible, you are supposed to love people regardless yeah don't judge exactly. <laughs> and it'd be the main thing people use the bible for is judging other people and i don't know why i let it just kind of like grind my gears or upset me because i mean it's not my community but it's one of those things like well, if you don't stick up for then who are you as a human being exactly. <laughs> and like so i just think that's just one of my things like i'm just a human being that loves other human beings and i'm gonna stick up for you <laughs> like and I feel this just me. And I feel like because uh, I have a lot of friends who are same gender loving, like, and I look mm-hmm. at them like my brothers and sisters, and I just really would never want them to feel disrespected or unloved or like they mm-hmm. are not supposed yes. to be here because those are some of the people who have helped save my life, and I love them dearly, and I of course I want them to be 
happy and I want them to live full lives. And and I feel like when we promote uh what you were talking about about like pastors condemning gayness in the church, mm-hmm. I feel like that also perpetuates a lot of diseases because if people are ashamed to live the way that they live, then you gotta go then they're hiding their lifestyle and they're not taking the the practices or, or things yep. safely, you know, they're not doing safe practices because in some part of their soul, they're denying who they are. And I really don't think who they are. There. And I don't think that mm-hmm. that is righteous at all. Yeah, and it like I said, it just really grinds my gear, especially like when you get on social media and you so you see people using so much hate or saying these hateful words, and it's just one of them things. It's just like I know I've changed my life, but sometimes I be wishing I could go toe to toe with some of these people, blow for blow. It's <laughs> just like I can't fight a every person that's hateful in this world because I'll be exhausting myself. But it's just so nerve-wracking that you just can't pe- let people love who they want to love. You can't let people be the skin tone that they were born in. And it's just, it's always just something negative. And uh, it just annoys me. And I I don't know. But I love when you said same gender loving. That is so beautiful. <laughs> I love it. Because it sounds so like just one of those like hippie just free spirit type of thing because you like when you hear homosexual to me society has already placed like this stigma on it so it's kind of like they you think of a dark cloud when you hear Mm -hmm. it so it's already like this prejudgment but for you to say um same sex gender loving it's just one of those things it's like oh it sounds like fluffy (laughs) I don't know that's just how I took it and I like that she said I might need to start saying that but that is actually going to conclude my breakdown of welcome individuality I am so excited for you like I've said so with this what do you want people to take from your book after they've read it what do you want them to take from it first and foremost I want people to know that the things that they've been through in their life it's it's for a reason and the things that we go through we signed up for them before we ever hit this astral plane you know what I mean like that that was Mm -hmm. supposed to be our journey And I want people to not live in the shame of the things that have happened to them or the things that they've done because somebody needs to hear your story and you're going to help somebody grow from it. And I just really want people to, like the book title says, welcome their individuality. Know that you are needed in this world and you are loved in this world for simply being you. And that's so beautiful. Yes, that it really is. It was, a, like I said, it's a really good book. It helped me to break down a lot of things for myself as far as those reflection time questions. I am so grateful for those. Um, As you can see me telling you some of my <laughs> journeys, <laughs> it made me realize some things about myself. So are there any regrets or anything that you would have done differently? No. I wouldn't have done anything differently um, because if I changed anything, I wouldn't be me. And I love me. I love the point that I'm at in my life right now. 
It's always a beautiful thing. It's always a blessing to find that peace and to find that love within yourself. That is such a blessing. So what is next for Sade? What does this journey hold? Ooh, so that's a great question. One of the things that I've been focusing on is like having an outline for my life, but knowing that that shit just might not go how I think it's going to go. So I'm really in this journey learning to ride the waves and to be and to try to be prepared for as much as I can. And I really just want to I want to speak more with welcome individuality being the basis of it, helping people define their personal power. So speak more into women, speak more life into women and not just women, men, too. Um, Mm -hmm. And help people through my help, my Reiki business which is also a byproduct of like defining your personal power, teaching you how to help heal yourself and just giving guidance. Like I I really think it's going to be like a spiritual coach, kind of like spiritual coaching and just helping people get their life on track by defining them and finding who they are. Look, that's such a blessing. I'm over here just smiling and cheesing for you. Like, I am so genuinely happy for you, like, in this journey. Thank you so much. Because I just know, you're welcome, because I just know what that feels like, and I'm still on mine. (laughs) So, but I do feel like that's something that you'll always continuously be on for your whole life, is finding yourself, because you'll grow throughout life. You'll change throughout life. Like, this person that you are right now, you're not going to be the same person in five years because you're going to constantly grow. A, Girl, okay. <laughs> you you be amazed what a year looks like. You're like, damn, I was just this last year, like type of thing. So I, I'm so happy for you and I wish you nothing but the best on this journey. I wish you nothing but success with this book and I do think all these listeners you all need to go out and get this book. So go ahead and let them know where they can find you, where they can follow you, and also where to purchase the book from. Okay. And before I do all that, I just want to let people know that I do not consider myself an expert. I am a human having a human experience. And I just hope that you guys can learn something from me. So <laughs> you can find the book. The book will be available in ebook and um, print copies on Amazon and also you can pre-order the book at doohickeycraftique.com those the copies that come from doohickey they will come with a signed passage for me if that's something that you're into you can find me on Instagram at honor confers a crown um, without a O in crown and at doohickeycraftique and at FDL Healing if you're into the spiritual scene. I am going to place a link for all her social media handles as well um, in the description for this episode. Um, So if you are interested in the Reiki, the spiritual healing, the book, or just learning more about Sade, I'm going to have all those links for you. And I suggest you... um, you do follow because she's such a positive person. And when you surround yourself by positive people, or if you put positive people on like your timeline, it's so much better 
than just gossip <laughs> or just seeing, you know, like bull each day because you don't want that into in your life every dog on that you scrolling and it's a bunch of mess. So I do suggest putting some positive people on your timeline and Sade is one of those people. And um, I do want to say we did not mention the date. The date for the uh, book release is going to be May 1st. So we're going to actually upload this episode beforehand. So it's going to be May 1st for the book release. And go out and get these pre-orders. Go copy it, you know, where she just said Amazon. Also on her website if you want the signed copy. And I am thankful. I wish you all nothing but success love and also stay away from these fuck niggas like I always tell (laughs) y'all but you know that's just my motto do you have any words you would like to say for other people before we end this episode but my words are for you first so I would just like to say Ty I'm so proud of you and for don't don't make me cry girl you know I'm emotional (laughs) you and like speaking your truth authentically and using your platform to stand up for something that you believe in and to help other people grow. I think it's beautiful. And I think that you're really going to change lives. Even if you do face resistance, that's just a part of people who aren't ready to grow. And we're going to ignore those people and accept them with love. (laughs) Um, So I'm so excited to see how this grows. I can't wait till we are all sitting on the stage somewhere talking about girl remember when we did that episode <laughs> um, yes put it in the universe yes, <laughs> we are and, and we call those things to be um and to people out there I just want to say like be gentle with yourselves it's a journey for a reason and I'm still going on a journey my self-love isn't complete it's a constant journey and that will go on until the day I leave this earth so I hope you guys will welcome your individuality and, and thank you for sitting in with us. Oh, and come to my virtual book signing on Friday, May 1st, Facebook Live through Doohickey Craftique at 5 p.m. It's going to be another fun time. Bring your drinks and your blunts and whatever you'd like for, <laughs> for fun. <laughs> And that is Facebook Live, May 1st, this Friday. And what time again? 5 p.m. 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. All right. And I'm going to put that information down in the description box as well. And I'm so excited to hear the feedback for this book and for this interview. And I hope this interview encourages you all to go out and get this book to do some self-healing, some self-reflecting, and just take the time to actually do the reflection time that's in the book and answer those questions. Because you might surprise yourself on how you really feel mm-hmm. <laughs> with some stuff you didn't try to bury deep <laughs> down inside. <laughs> Because we do, we do tend to bury things. Well, I know I do mm-hmm. tend to bury some things and just, yeah. And we don't realize how it affects us because we buried it for so long. And it's one of those things where, you know, it's a trigger moment. <laughs> so I'm grateful for everything. And I wish you all nothing, like I said, but love and success. And stay safe during this quarantine and this social distancing as well. We about to get back out um, most states come May 1st and if you out just stay safe wash your hands and love and respect one another and this (laughs) and this concludes this episode of Molly with the most I love you all Bye. bye